It's Friday. Is it that time of the week again? It's time to get your together. Let some music play. You are listening to Get Fresh. Do you want to learn to put action behind intention? Then it's time to get fresh with your podcast host, Jules Black. 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 Hello, everybody. Hey, you know what? I love the motto, better late than never, because, well, you know, that's what's happening right now. Um, It is not 5 a.m. It is currently 2 o'clock on a Friday, so I'm like, you know, very far off of when I typically post these podcasts, and I usually record them a couple days before, but you know what? that's just life. And I was busy celebrating my birthday. This week is always like a really kind of busy, big week for me. So I'm going to just kind of like lead that right into my high. Um, so it was my birthday yesterday was my two year anniversary of my journey. And well, um, this isn't my high, but I also mentioned this is also, um, tomorrow is the two year anniversary of the passing of my father. So there's just kind of a lot of emotion all over the place, um, kind of this week, the last couple of years for me. So, um, but I kind of want to talk about, um, my anniversary of two years of my journey. I made a post yesterday, but there was just so much more I really could have said, right? So there's no secret that if you're listening to this, you're probably at one point in the same boat as me as well, where we all were dieting and exercising our whole life and struggling and just had a really unhealthy relationship with diet, exercise, our bodies, and in turn with ourselves, right? So really just kind of reflecting throughout this week about where I came from and where I am now, I'm really, really thankful. And this is, this whole podcast is going to be along the same themes, right? So yeah, I'm 80 pounds down or, you know, I kind of teeter 78, 80, like somewhere around there. And, and it's just wild to me that I'm so much further than I ever like realistically expected to be, I think, but I still, I'm not done and I'm still working towards getting to where I want to go, but I also am happy with where I am. I turned to Chris the other day and I looked at him and I said, if I never lost another pound, if I never improved my fitness areas, right? Like if I never got better at running and I never got whatever, I'd actually be quite content. Like where I'm at right now is okay for me. Like I'm happy and I still kind of eat what I want and have a lot of freedom in my life. And yeah, my BMI is still probably 30 pounds higher. I'm still 30 pounds higher than where I should be from a BMI standpoint, which we all of course have opinions on, but I'm just going off like straight scientific facts, insurance, all of those things. Um, and that's just the truth, right? I'm still an overweight woman. I'm still whatever, but I'm happy and I feel really healthy, although I'm not healthy. And I've talked a lot about that and how disappointing that is that after two years, I'm still not where I want to be health wise, but overall I'm, I'm happy with the place that I am 
with my mental health, when it comes to medical stuff, when things are wrong, I listen to my body and I go get answers. And all of these things are huge improvements for me. So if I had to live my life exactly where I am right now forever, that's fine by me, you know? So that's kind of the theme of this podcast is really listening to how we're feeling about things and maybe kind of going off what feels right and not what we think we should be doing. So um, that was my high, my two-year anniversary. My low is that I'm awkward, okay? Like I just don't know why I am the way I am. I'm gonna have to post a corresponding photo to show you guys, (laughs) but I don't really get cat called too much. I, I, it comes in waves for me. I remember like back when I was younger, it was like, oh my God, I got cat called. This is so exciting. Then I got, you know, just, I gained weight and we all know what happens societally when you gain weight, like you're not really getting a whole lot of attention from people. But I do remember like, I would have people like pull their car up next to mine and like flick their tongue at me. And I'm like, what, what's your plan? I'll just never understand that. But outside of that, I, I just don't really, like I said, get cat called too much. Now I don't leave my house that much. The only places I really go by myself are to the gym places. I, I don't even go places. I go place, I go to the gym and then I go through like drive-throughs of my pharmacy. I don't even go to the grocery store. You guys, I order them. So I just don't put myself in those positions to really get catcalled. And then when I am out and about, I usually look like hell. So anyway, I, um, this is like not a serious low. Like this is just more so funny because it was captured on camera, but I, um, had a photo shoot on Monday for my birthday, just like a fun little photo shoot. Who doesn't like dressing up and having some photos taken. So, um, I I guess a lot of people don't actually, but I do, I really like it. And, um, there was like a bunch of outfit changes and things like that. And so for the last outfit, Chris says, I'm not going to go out for this one. Like you just go get your last few shots that you want. I'm going to stay here and like, I'll catch up with you. So I go out with the photographer. This is like the only time that we're out on the street. It was for a total of literally two minutes that we were not with a male presence. And naturally I got catcalled twice during those two minutes. And I am so awkward. You guys, like, what do you like say to somebody who, um, that was like a half burp, by the way, I don't know if you could hear it, but you're welcome. Um, but like, what do you say when somebody walks by you on the street? Now I will say one of them was definitely like more polite than the other, like one, one of them said like, wow, you look amazing. You're so beautiful. And like, to me, like that was a really nice thing. Like, I wouldn't even know if that goes in the cat calling category. And, you know, I just smiled and said, thank you, you know, but it was the second one who walked by and was like, oh, I'm, I'll take your picture. I'll take your, but something along the lines of that. And I was just like, so awkward. Actually, I'm filming this podcast. So I'll show you the exact face it was. It was kind of like, And there's a photo of it. And it's just honestly really funny to me. Um, But definitely if you're listening to this and you have tips for me on what to do being catcalled, because obviously like it happens so much to me that I have to have a plan in place, but I'm just curious, how do you respond to catcallers? Like what's the protocol? What's the appropriate way to respond? I need to know, but moving on, I want to chat about some, like, I guess I feel like it's appropriate to use the word 
revelations here that have come to me in the last week or so. And really, um, sorry, my house is not quiet today. I have my dogs scratching on the door to get into the office. I have Chris in the other room behind me on calls. You can probably hear him because I'm using my fancy mic, but, um, I apologize ahead of time. Okay. Um, but I, I want to talk about my revelations and I would say that my revelations have been a work in progress for months, but I finally was able to like put my finger on it and give it a name and like articulate it correctly. Now I'm going to warn you, I still don't know if I can actually correctly articulate it. So I'm going to do the best I can. So just strap in for this one. Okay. I want to give you a little bit of background on me in my story, if you don't know already. So I would say my number one driving factor as a human, as a person is success. And when I had my first meeting with my coach and I told her this, she brought up a really great point. She says, do you know that like, there's a million different definitions of success. And she tells me like, there was a survey that went out and like 27 women were asked to define success and every single one of them had a different answer. And so she asked me to get really more specific in what that meant and looked like for me. So here's where I'm going to like take you back in time with me for just a minute. I feel as though my drive for success in the, and I'll explain what my personal definition is in a minute really stemmed from the age of 15, no, maybe 16 to 17. Okay. And I had really extraordinary things happen to me that I did not feel was a coincidence or an accident. And I'm a very spiritual person. I'm a very thoughtful. I'm very much like my personal beliefs are that everything happens for a reason. And every person that comes into your life, every interaction you have is a lesson to be learned or is there for some reason to impact your life in some way. Okay. So when I was a sophomore in high school, I was very unhappy at my public school. I was receiving a lot of anti-Semitism. And to put it simply, I wanted to transfer schools to a Jewish private school in Atlanta. Shout out to the Weber school. Um, however, I had one, oh, actually I had like multiple really like big things in my way from accomplishing that. And the first one being money. It is a very expensive private school. Um, I, I honestly, it's more expensive than almost all the other private schools in the area that I live in, like by double, um, at least in like the suburbs. I don't, it's probably around the same price as all the like in town private schools, which it is in town. It's in the perimeter of Atlanta. So, um, I did have to drive quite a ways away, which was another obstacle by the way. But, um, my dad at the time had just gotten laid off of his job of 27 years or something crazy. Um, because his dementia, we didn't have a word for it at the time but his memory was really bad and it was impacting his work. And one of his coworkers was really helping him and like to the point where it was, it was too much. Right. And it was just, he couldn't keep up anymore. So he got laid off of his job and my parents at the time um, were going through their official divorce. And it was just like, there was a lot going on. Um, and I lived at home with my mom who, 
you know, is self-supporting. My dad's unemployed at this point. And I knew, I said to my mom, I said, I want to go to the school. And she says, well, I'm sorry, but like, that's just not an option. Right. So I remember I went upstairs and I got my computer and I looked up every single email address, physical address, name, any information I could find on every Jewish philanthropist that I could think of. I I only remember like a few of the actual people I sent the email to. One of them I remember specifically was to Adam Sandler's um, agent. I was like, he's Jewish, he'll care. So um, I sent this, these emails and these letters out and almost instantly I was getting responses and I was shocked. I, got, I don't know what I thought was going to happen, but I figured one of the things about me and I carry this lesson with me and I'll share it with you is if you do not ask and you do not go after it, it will not happen. So if you want it, what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen, I'll tell you, it says it's a no, it's a no and that's okay. And you're going to survive if the answer is no. So I ended up, um, my letter ended up on the desk of a very um, well-known businessman in Atlanta, um, philanthropist. His name, I don't know why I feel weird about saying it. I'm just not going to here, but it's on streets. Okay, you guys, like it's, it's a big deal. And he happened to have a granddaughter who went to high school and was my age. And he said, called the school and he says, you need to get this girl here. And they reached out to us. And long story short, I transferred to the Weber school halfway through um, my sophomore semester of high school. And while I was there, like it didn't, the generosity and the things that happened to me, it didn't just stop there because that alone is an incredible, like that does not happen to people, right? Like to be gifted the kind of gift that I was given that does not happen to people. And I, um, I just had multiple other really incredible things happen to me in my life. One of them being, I couldn't afford to go to college. And at this point, my dad's living in assisted living and has his official diagnosis. And like, it's just not really in the cards. My mom had already taken a loan out for my two older sisters and nobody's giving a man with dementia alone. And we didn't have the cash and my scholarship money that I received was great, but it wasn't enough. And so it was like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. It's just, I don't, I don't think you can go to college. And I'm sure that you, at this point, you're seeing a theme, right? I worked at, um, actually worked, had a couple jobs at the time, but I, um, my main thing that I was doing at the time was I was working at a barbecue restaurant. And I remember I got in my car and I drove down there and I said, Glenn, it's his name. I said, you have to give me more hours. I was like, I, I, you have to give me every spare hour you can give me. I can't go to college because I can't afford it. And I, that can't happen for me. I have to go to college. And he says, all right, well, hold on, slow down. Like, cause I'm sure I was more calm in this moment telling you guys that I was at the time. He says, um, I want you, he said, first of all, you're in high school. So let's like, remember that, that you like, you know, can't work full time. Um, and I did pick up shifts, um, here and there at their location that was close to my high school. My high school is great. They worked with me and allowed me to leave so that I could have that time to go work that lunch rush and make a little extra money. So, um, I, <clears throat> he says, I want you, sorry, I don't know what's happening with my voice. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
He says, I want you to go to three adults in your life that you trust, love, and respect and would chain trade places with. And I want you to ask them what they would do if they were in your situation. And I was like, okay. I was like, I can, I can do that. Right. That seems like good advice and a good first step. So I remember I went to two different um, teachers or like employees at my high school. Um, and I asked them and I, I hate it, but I can't remember what they said. Um, my third call was to a friend of mine's father who I had gotten to know a little bit because I was very close with her and I spent a lot of nights at their house. And he was somebody that I, I'd never actually seen a lifestyle like that before, um, where it was just like incredible vacations and you can invite friends. And I'd been on trips with them and, and it was more like even just outside of a beautiful home and a beautiful lifestyle, I, there was something about it that I was just so drawn to, like just looking at how successful this man was of like, he owns more than 10 businesses, more than 15, I think. Um, and he's incredibly successful from my personal definition of success, which equals money, freedom, generosity, all of those things. Right. So I, um, had his phone number because again, I'd been on vacation with them, had to have it. And I called him and I remember I was so nervous. I was like this little high schooler. And he is, uh, if you can't tell, cause you know, you listen to the podcast, I'm very talkative. I'm very wordy. Like if I could explain something in one sentence, I'm going to explain it in four. Um, and he is very get to the point. I don't have time. Like, let's go move on. And it always to this day, when I talk to him, I get nervous because I just don't speak like that. So I remember I called him and I said, Hey, this is Julie. And I, um, 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 a million ums. I basically can't go to college and he doesn't even like, let me finish the sentence before he's interjecting what schools did you apply to? How much financial aid, how much blah, blah, blah. And I'm like sitting there and I'm pulling my emails up and we're going through every single number. And we are, I think we're on the phone for maybe two and a half hours. It was a very long phone call. And I like this whole time, I'm like, what is he just problem solving for me? Like what is happening right now? I, I had no idea. I was just answering his questions. And at the very end of the call, he says, I'm going to offer you a job. You're going to work. Do you have a reliable car? The answer was no, I didn't actually <laughs> didn't have a car at the time. Um, I'm going to help you and we're going to get you a car and blah, blah, blah. And, and all of a sudden my life was just okay. And it had gone from this like panic from the last few days of why am I, what, why am I even in school working hard, studying, blah, blah, blah. Like, what did I do all of this for? Like to not even be able to follow my dreams to I have a college to attend. I have a plan in place to do it. It wasn't my top choice of college. It wasn't out of state like I wanted it to be, but it was perfectly good enough for me. And I was thrilled. Okay. This man changed my life again. And so now I've had these like two plus, like those were like the two really big ones. Um, there were others two things that happened to me that were just extraordinary, and people that all around me, I felt 
believed in me because there were other kids who struggled, but those kids weren't getting these things done. And I just felt this, like, it was at that point that I put the pressure on. And it was this pressure of, I have to be amazing because these people see something in me and these people believe in me. And I have to show them that they didn't do this for nothing and that I didn't waste their time. And on top of it, I have to give back the generosity that I've received that was completely life-changing for me. I won't feel full and whole and fulfilled unless I can change somebody's life like that too and give back and do for someone else what was done for me in a time of extreme need. And that was, it was just at that moment. And it was that paired with this desire and this drool of like, I want to be able to go on vacation. I want to be able to take my kids' friends and I want to not even blink twice at gifting somebody something or helping somebody or X, Y, Z. Like I have to be a multimillionaire. Like I just have to, and that is what I have to do in order to be successful. And you have to realize you guys, this is coming from a girl who grew up in a very, very standard middle-class household. I wouldn't even consider it middle-class to be honest. No offense, mom, if you're listening, but I really think we were probably lower middle-class. I mean, I'm talking vacations weren't a thing in my family. It was going to visit grandparents and holiday gifting wasn't like a a huge, big deal. Like it wasn't a ton of gifts. It was like the things that you need. And it was like, oh, you want school supplies for school? Well, you already have pencils. I'm not shopping for you for school supplies. It was very like, unless you really truly need it, like you're probably not going to get it. Right. So, um, and that, and that was okay, but I wanted something different, right? Because I had a taste of the Kool-Aid and I was like, I have to do this. So don't you like how in the beginning I was like, I'm just going to really quickly, like go back in time and tell you this thing. Well, that was really the long version of it. And there was trust and believe I probably could have kept going on for so much longer. There was just so much that happened during that time in my life. That was incredible. And that was genuinely life-changing. I will give you like this little tidbit of, I already said, I believe everything happens for a reason. I believe all the people in your life come in for a reason. Um, I owe it to my friend's dad that I just mentioned that I met Chris. And that is because he invited me to go on vacation with their family. And during that time, I um, had my college like orientation thing that I had to go to for this honor pro- honors program that I was in. And coincidentally, Chris was also in the honors program and he was in my initial, like, I guess you can call it like a little orientation. He was in my like class of like 25 people. And I remember looking around because obviously like that's what young girls do. And I'm like, okay, who's cute. And I looked at Chris and I was like, oh, he is very handsome. And I remember like specifically noting him and being like, he is really, really cute. So then because I was going on vacation and couldn't go to my orientation slot where I would be put in with my actual class, they said, here's three other dates, choose one. And so I chose one that I could go to and you'll never believe whose class it was. That's right. It was Chris's. And that is where I talked to him for the first time. And that is where I infamously, as he says, stalked him to the elevator, which is true, but like it it wasn't as creepy as it sounds. Um, so yeah, that everything happened. I didn't want to go to that school. I wasn't going to go to that orientation type. Like it's just, everything happened how it was meant to. So with all of this being said, 
and all of this immense pressure that I've put on myself, which I I've done. And I've had this thing inside of me for as long as I've been alive, very a type, very like crying over group projects because I was the only one doing it. Like that was just my personality and who I was. Everything I did had to be great, but it really intensified at this point in my life. And it wasn't healthy. You guys like just plain and simple. It was not healthy. And I still get like, a. am I'm, I'm kind of finding myself getting a little emotional because it's the first time I've really articulated exactly how I wanted it to come out. Um, and we'll see if it ends up all coming out the way I want it to. But I, I just like was killing myself over it. And it was like, I had to be great at everything. And I can't even tell you like, if I had just let some of that go, I would have been so much happier. And I was like basically working myself to the bones, my hands bleeding, studying in college. And I had to have a 4.0. And guess what happened, you guys? I freaking got caught in a cheating scandal that wasn't my fault. And I wasn't even a part of, and you'll never guess, it was a group project, my favorite. And I got a C. And I got a C in an upper level business class. And I had a 4.0 until then. And actually, I just totally lied. I got a B in accounting. But other than that, and other than that one C, I had all A's, straight A's across the board, and I worked my butt off for it. And it was like, in hindsight, like, why did I do that? Like, it's okay. It would have been okay for me to just do the best I can without that additional pressure of, I have to do this, right? And everything happens for a reason. And I think it's kind of led me to the place I am today, and it's made me who I am, and it's led me to these revelations, as I've mentioned, which I know you're on the edge of your seat for, because I've been talking for so long at this point, but I think it was just these, this realization that this is my revelation, by the way. Now I, I had been living my life in a way where I didn't even ask myself why I was making the decisions that I was making, like on off of these arbitrary ambitions and these arbitrary pressures that only I was putting on myself. Nobody handed me the scholarship money and nobody handed me the opportunity and nobody handed me that and said, okay, your condition is you have to be great and you can't fail. Like nobody did that to me. I did that to me. And I realized through my work in the last I would say during 2021, because it really started before I did start working with my coach. She just helped me get to the conclusion. Right. But I started having these realizations that like, I, I don't know if this is, this doesn't feel that great. Like these pressures that I'm putting on myself, like this doesn't even really feel like my own. And do I really want this? And what does that really look like? And what do I really want? And what exactly does that look like? And how do I want to feel? And what goals do I need to set? And X, Y, Z. But I wanted to know, and I had to ask myself, and this was the big, big thing for me that I came to in the last week. Why are we, and I'm not, I'm saying we, because it's not just me. And I know that it's you guys too. Why are we making not making decisions and goal setting about what feels right for us. Why are we making decisions and setting goals upon these lives that we think we're supposed to be living and what we're supposed to be doing? Why are we not just focused on what, how do I want to feel 
And what does that life look like surrounding that feeling? The type of success that I was chasing comes at a cost and I'm not necessarily willing to pay that cost because again, extreme success, being a multimillionaire, being a female entrepreneur, blah, 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 blah. What does that look like? What do we know that looks like? Especially like at a certain point, it looks like likely being in the public eye, which I'm not super interested in, um, even with an Instagram following, even with a TikTok following, blah, blah, blah. Like there's going to become a point where I'm going to be like, Hey, like this has become too much. Right. Like even still, I, I run into people and I love it. I love when people come up to me and, and, you know, say hi and, and whatnot, but there is going to be a point where I imagine at double the followers I have now, triple the followers I have now X, Y, Z, like I don't want to go to the grocery store and be looked at. Like, I don't want like that. That's just not, there is a certain level of privacy that feels right to me. And I also realize that that comes with a lot of work, right? And do I like, does working like that feel right to me? Does working sun up to sundown and being on my phone all day and not being around my family and missing out on things and blah, blah, blah. The things that I've had to do that I've been doing for the last coming up on a year. I mean, I remember last year going to families and everybody was like cooking for Thanksgiving and decorating. And I had my laptop and I was reading through applications and, and I was sad and that didn't feel right to me. It was like, no, I want to be decorating cookies with everybody else. And then I started thinking, how could I possibly have children when I'm going to be a multi, like, is that the life that I want? Do I want nannies? Do I want all the help? Because that's, that's the key. All of these huge millionaire female entrepreneurs, they have teams of people. Okay. And they have a lot of help and a lot of support and a lot of these things. And do I want to have somebody taking care of my kids? No. Not really. And by the way, I'm not having kids anytime soon. Just feel like I have to throw that out there, but, but still it's something of course that I think about and do I want to not be present? And do I want to pick my kids up from the carpool line? And do I want to help them with their, yes, that is what I want. And I know myself enough now to know I can't even sleep at night because I can't turn my brain off from work and I have to be better and do better and put things in place, knowing who I am and what I am. And I have to focus on how does this feel? And this is relevant too, because I today just launched, uh, launched, announced my new launch. I've changed a lot of things with the program. And do you know what I did it based off of? Every single one of those changes came from, does this feel good? Does this feel right? And guys, this is so much harder than you think it is because I caught myself in the act numerous times going, well, I'm just going to add a third program option and I'm going to do a texting thing where I, they can text with me and I'm going to also offer this and they can have a weekly call and blah, blah. And it was like, whoa, 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 hold on. Does this feel right? Is this going to align with the feelings that I want to have in my life about my life? No. And so guess what? 
it got trashed every bit. And I had been, it was two days worth of planning for that. And I literally ripped it down the middle and I said, I'm not doing this. And that was the first time. And I think that was part of like the realization for me where I was like, Hey, maybe success is going to look a little different for me than I initially thought it would. And maybe success looks like being happy with where I am in whatever stage of life that I'm in. And maybe being happy looks like working 35 hours a week instead of 65 hours a week. And maybe it looks like being able to go run errands during the day or go shopping or have lunch with a friend or drop everything and and go do something. Like maybe that's what it looks and feels like for me. And I hope that as you're listening to this, you're thinking and reflecting upon your own life. Does this job feel right? Does this job make me happy? And not every job's going to be fun all the time. Let's not be not realistic, right? Like not everything in life is always going to be great and rosy and everything else. But when it comes to decisions that you are in, that are in within your power, within your control, you should be making those decisions based on how it feels. And let me tell you something. I, I, I wish that I kept a journal during this time. And I said, I was going to, and I bought the journal and I had every intention. I said, I'm going to write down how I'm feeling at every stage of being a business owner and blah, blah, blah. I didn't, but you know what? I do remember. I remember how it felt when I had my launch back in November to announce the December holiday proof challenge. I was freaking stressed. You guys, I was so stressed. I could vomit. I had so much self-doubt. I had so much just like nervousness overall. And do you want to know how I felt for this launch? Excited, calm, confident, because you know why? Because everything I'm doing now aligns with what feels right to me. And that's just plain and simple, right? So I am going to, um, tell you that basically we all have this model in our heads and I'm just going to speak to myself because, well, it's only me here and I can only speak on my own experience, but there is a typical model for most things, right? So for me, in my case, I am in the female online wellness entrepreneurship arena, and there is a model for how that looks. And it includes reels and Instagram and being engaging and TikToking and podcasting and, and being top of mind. And one of the things that I admire about my coach and I've learned so much from her is I, I will never forget. We were having a conversation. I said, are you on TikTok? And she was like, no, I was like, you have to get on TikTok. I was like, you have to, it's so good for business and blah, blah, blah. And you know, you guys, I'm going to, mar- I'm a marketing major and And I have a real interest in this type of stuff, but I also love being a content creator and I love putting funny things out. I do genuinely love TikToking. And she says, I don't like, I don't know. She was like, I don't care how good it is for business. I don't like doing it and I'm not going to. And I remember just being like, wait, that's an option. Wait, so you can just say, I don't like doing it and I'm not going to when you're an entrepreneur. Wait, that's a thing. And then I had to realize, wait, I don't have a boss. I don't have someone standing over me, putting pressure on me, putting all of these things like you have to do this and you better do it right. I'm doing that to myself. 
So don't worry guys. I do like podcasting. I do like putting content out, but I'm just saying like, that was a real like moment for me where I was like, wait, she's successful. And she has these unequivocal, unequivocal boundaries about what she is willing to do and what she is not. And I want to be just like that. And so I'm not going to necessarily fit the typical model for what all the other people are doing. And I don't care if everybody else has blue apron sponsorships and I don't, because do I even want that? No, I don't want that. You guys, like you guys know, I'm the worst influencer ever. Like I'm like, where's that from? I don't know. Delia's from sixth grade. I, I, I don't know. I've had it forever. Like, it's just not something that I want to do. I don't want these fake partnerships. I don't need to get paid from like, that's just not my thing. And sure, there's going to be a time or two where I do get a company or brand that reaches out. That's great. I love them. And they're offering a discount code to you guys. And it's an opportunity for me. Of course, I'm going to do that. But you guys, I just went through my email for the last hour and I deleted literally 26 emails from the last week asking to collaborate and to promote and to do this and that. And it's just a no almost every single time for me. So I want to end this podcast by giving you guys the same permission that was given to me by my coach. And that is to say, fuck the patriarchy. I love that. She literally quote unquote said that I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to use that and redefine success for yourself. Even if that doesn't fit into a cookie cutter lifestyle or the lifestyle that we always had a vision of, because that was me. I was the pressure on myself or in other people's cases, the vision that our parents had for us, our grandparents following in footsteps, becoming something, doing something, becoming a multimillionaire. Do what feels right for you, because that is what life is all about. And during one of our last happy hours, we had, um, it was a happy hour, actually, it was a, um, we did a values workshop for the program. And I actually told Chris that I wanted him to come. Um, Chris is my husband, if you don't know. And I said, I think you'd really benefit from this. And I want you to work through these exercises. So come. And it was a very interactive workshop. And I was asking people to share. And one of the things he said, like really stuck with me. And he said, you will never get back September 9th, 2021. You will never get back December 10th, 2021. You will never get back any days that we live. And so if you can wake up in the morning and go into the day with the intention of, I am going to feel good today. And I'm going to do the things that make me feel good. And I'm going to be the person that I want to be that I want to be, by the way, and you might have to redefine that. Like you really might not know because others thoughts and opinions become our own without us even realizing it, which is why it's so important to watch who you interact with and what you consume and all of those things, because their thoughts do become our own subconsciously without us noticing. And so I want to tell you that if you can just feel really good, I promise you that everything else will feel like it has fallen into alignment in your life. And that, that icky feeling of like this anxiousness of like, things just aren't right. And nothing's like going right. And that will go away when you are living the life that is the most authentic to how you want to be living. Okay. So that is my high horse. That is today's podcast. I hope that, I don't know what I ate, but I burped like three times during this podcast. So I'm really sorry. 
I hope that you're still with me. I didn't bore you to death. I am just really thankful that you're listening if you're still here. And I'm sorry that this is late today, but you know what? It's what I had to do and that's what felt right. So there will always be a podcast on a Friday if I can get it done. And if I can't, I'll try to let you know, but I absolutely love doing it. I love creating content for you guys. I love interacting with you guys. It's, it's, it feels really good to me. Okay. So you guys, everybody who's listening, take care of yourselves. Happy Friday. Have a great weekend and maybe take some time while it's fresh on your mind. If you're listening to this and you have maybe a spare 10 minutes, grab a pen and paper and start brainstorming. What in my life does not feel good and what would feel good instead? All right, everybody take care, stay sexy, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.